In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. Hey, Browns fans, Odyssey is doing something special for this year's NFL Draft. Brian Baldinger and Jason Lockenfora hosting the 2023 Odyssey Draft Show. Join them on the first night of the draft as they talk with local experts from Odyssey podcasts across the country. I'll be joining them to give instant reaction to the end analysis to the Browns doing absolutely nothing in the first round. But leading up to the draft, check out Baldy's podcast in the huddle for his expert prospect breakdowns. The draft show starts Thursday, April 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Listen on the free Odyssey app and watch on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. It's always game day in Cleveland. That voice you just heard was Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. If you like our podcast, well, then we like you. If you don't like our podcast, well, then we're going to have to consider whether we like you or not. That's just the way we roll on this show. Um, it is always game day in Cleveland. No, if you don't like us, that's okay. Tell us and maybe we'll try to get better. More, maybe we won't listen at all. Doesn't matter. Daryl, let's uh, talk about a lot of things. I mean, you talked about the draft right away. I mean, we're less than a week away from the draft right now, and it feels non-existent here. Yeah, well, because it kind of is. Um, I, I can't wait for the Andrew Berry Friday press conference uh, in which he will tell us absolutely nothing about anything that because he Because there's to nothing do. to talk about. Well, even when there was stuff to talk about, he still told us absolutely nothing about anything. That's what he, Andrew Berry is, is the king of the filibuster. Daryl, I really appreciate the question. I think it's a really good question. Um, I think you realize that when the Browns get in a situation like this, well, we're not going to talk about personal contracts. But what I will tell you, and I'm really glad you asked the question, is that the Browns will do what the Browns need to do. And they will put us, uh, we will put us ourselves in the best position, not only for today, but for tomorrow. And perhaps we'll learn from yesterday. So I hope that answers your question. It didn't, but I appreciate and respect the fact, Andrew, that you said my name. You acknowledged my existence, and you filibustered for 30 seconds. Thank well you. done. Well done. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> I feel good about it. So what, what, do, we, what do we think about this draft, Daryl? Uh, they're drafting the, uh, the practice squad this year. That's kind of what I think. I mean, look, here's – and I, I think I've said this uh, on our various shows on 92.3 The Fan, but, I mean, look, the reality of the, the draft, Andy, is that you know, last year they were in the same spot, right? They didn't pick till the third round. They draft David Bell. Uh, he was like the receiver of the year in the Big Ten or whatever. And like myself included, we all just hyped the crap out of the guy. We're right. like, oh my God, he's going to bring so much to the Browns offense. He's going to do this, that, and the other. And the reality of the situation was that he didn't do squat last year. Why, though? Why? That's my question. Did sorry, they throw the ball to him enough? Did they give him enough opportunities? Was he not good enough? Was he green at the beginning of the season? Maybe he didn't know the playbook because he was young? I don't know, but I do see a guy that could be the Jarvis Landry role there, and I hope that they give him the opportunity to be that guy this year. Yes, I know you are the uh, the president of the David Bell fan club. I have no problem being the president of the um, David Bell fan club. I, I ju I'll just say all the above. I mean, but my point is that we just, like, really hyped up the guy, gassed him up, and the reality was that his contributions were going to be negligible as a rookie. Now, my now, is that is that coaching or is that skill? What do you I, what do we think? I why? think it's everything. Okay. Um, so I think that it's fair to expect a little more out of him this year. But my point is, they're going to make two, well, we think they're going to make two third round picks, right? They they right. got the pick they got from Philadelphia as part of the Elijah Moore trade. Um, 
And then they've got the uh, or the Jets, I mean, not Philadelphia. Uh, the New York Jets for, for Elijah Moore. And then um, they've got the compensatory pick f- uh, from the National Football League uh, with... Uh, for Quasi. Yeah, Quasi Memphis getting uh, hired by the Minnesota Vikings as their GM. So we think they're going to make two third-round picks. We'll see if they ultimately make two Is there any picks, way they just, package those and try to move up? I would hope so, but... Just, I, I just I see them trying to move up for somebody. I just think the people need to temper their expectations about what the players that get drafted will be able to do as rookies, right? Like Perry and Winfrey had one of the greatest draft night press conferences oh, in awesome. the history, right? We were WWE that night. Oh my god! And then obviously now with what he's going through legally, that I think puts his situation with the team in peril. Uh, and so he was, you know, again, as a rookie, negligible contribution. So I just think people need to temper their expectations of what these draft picks are going to be doing for the Cleveland Browns this fall, which is why I continuously joke that Andrew Berry will be drafting the practice squad this uh, next week because that's really what he's going to be doing, right? I mean, the, these guys, if they play, it's going to be out of necessity. I don't know. I look at the roster and I just don't see anywhere where that if you have a third round pick, where that third round pick is going to be impactful on next year's team. That's I think it's going to be a hard spot. Clearly, I would think that they would hang on to the third round pick, but I mean, but then again, I think they'll hang on to all their own picks. So I can't like on normal teams, it might be a situation where you draft somebody in the third round and there might be a chance if you're that good and your team's been around long enough and made the excuse me, made the playoffs enough that you might even figure out, do we really need this third rounder? I I, I don't think we're in that position. I am totally team bleep these picks this year because... Put them all together and try to get one pick? (laughs) I will trade the entire draft for one pick. (laughs) And that... (laughs) Well, it'd be good if we had some higher picks, but we don't. Go Mike Ditka for Ricky Williams, right? Right, exactly. Um, One of the worst trades in New Orleans Saints history, by the way. Uh, Anyway, uh, so... Are you bitter Saint fan? Yeah, I'm bitter Saint fan over that one. Um. Yeah, so I just I just want to temper the expectation. I, I know the draft is like the Super Bowl weekend for Browns fans historically and that, but this team is good enough. And I, I it's interesting, I had a conversation with someone in the organization uh, within the last week um, uh, who is, uh, I'll just say. Now you realize if, a, if someone calls you and asks you if you want to buy season tickets, that's not the same as that's not, talking to somebody in the organization. No, 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 no. I, uh, I would say this person. Is this Daryl? Daryl? Hey, Daryl. It's Andy from the Cleveland Browns. Hey. Hey, I just want to talk to you for a second. See if you want to upgrade that press box seat for the That's right. I just want to see. Season. You know, uh, it's not too late to get on the on the list. There's a great joke that I've heard like every basketball actually, coach. Actually, I don't want to sit in the front row of the press box because it is cold as bleep down and people there. people bang am, on the windows in front of you. I am more than happy sitting in the second row in the press box. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. If it was Lou Holtz or somebody, I was at a press con. I was at a... Uh, I don't know. I was listening to some coach talk, and they were always like, you know, I was really young, and I got my first job, and I was at State U, and man, I remember, you know, how excited I was when I found out that I was going to get the job at State U, and <laughs> there it was, my son, my daughter, my wife, somebody in my family walked over to me and said, Dad, Sports Illustrated is on the phone for you, and they were like, oh my God, wow, this is amazing. I'm there, Sports Illustrated is doing a story on me. And they were like, um, sir? And he was like, yeah, this is Coach so-and-so. He goes, 
Uh, hi, this is so-and-so from Sports Illustrated. Oh, okay. Um, we would like to offer you six weeks at a discounted rate. And it's always just like, it's always one of those jokes. I don't know if it's timely now because of the way things work. And, but I've always, I do think I, that Sports I find Illustrated that as, is one of the few publications that actually still prints. Oh, well, there you go then. I mean, like the Cleveland Plain Dealer doesn't print anymore. Like, every day like it's like two, i forget how many days it is but it's, it's like three two or four or three, is yeah it? it's like two or three or four maybe four days i know i think the buffalo paper now is printed out of cleveland these days like i mean getting up i'm old school man i like having stuff i in do my too hand. and i gotta tell you that why i like the news herald the news herald still puts box scores in there yeah you know like um the uh, uh like i gotta shout out the guardians pr staff because they actually still print media guides i actually thank someone in that organization, I was like, I just want to tell you, no, sorry. I realize I'm a smart ass, and you know, yeah, not everything I say you Don't guys sell yourself short. You're a tremendous smart ass. Yes, um, but I just want to thank you sincerely for still printing media guides because the Cavaliers and the Browns no longer print media guides, and I absolutely hate it because I am old school. I like having it in my hand. I can mark up the pages. I can, you know. Um, you know, highlight stuff, make notes. It's there in my hands when I want to look something up. I don't have to give myself seizures scrolling through 500 PDF pages. Like, I just, I'm old school. I like reading books. I like reading magazines. I like reading newspapers. I hate the everything is read electronically thing today that we have. And, and look, I get it. Like, I totally get it. It's a it's a cost-saving thing for the teams. Sure. You know, they don't have to print all those books now. Right. I, I understand it. Like, I'm not I'm not bashing anybody. But they're all set up to be print, right? But, yeah. It but, looks like when you go through that media guide, right. it's the book. So, here, so here's the thing. So, it's funny. So, last year, I would um, try and print uh, certain segments of, like, the Browns press release. Now, they, they do give us packets week to week. I want to, you know, right. to, to, be, to be fair to them. Right. They do give us a, a, a game book every week. Uh, but like I went and uh, was trying to, you know, print something out of the media guide. And when I print, I don't know if it was print quality or what. I mean, I, I'm kind of a tech snob. So like I have to of have the you best are. of everything. Right. And um, like it was just all blurry when I printed it. So I w- it was not it was not a high quality print job coming off my printer. And I'm like, the hell is going on here? It looks perfectly clear on my computer screen. Right. And I got a nice printer, and it prints out like hot garbage. So I'm sorry um, for all your misfortunes. I know. I <laughs> Instead it, of congratulations on all your successes, yes. congratulations on all your bitching and complaining. Yes, there you that go. makes you you. Daryl, a... nobody cares. <laughs> I do, but it's always game day in Cleveland. We're back right after this. We're going to talk about uh, a number of things because players are speaking in Berea and another angle to the stadium story. Mobile sports betting is finally legal in Ohio, and BetQL is here to help make you the most informed bets possible. See all of today's best bets by heading to BetQL.com or by downloading the BetQL app and claim your free three-day trial today. Head to BetQL.com slash news slash 923thefan for exclusive sportsbook offers. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I am Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast or just like us. We appreciate that, too. Give us a couple stars while you're at it. We appreciate that, too. Um, Daryl, a lot of things going on. I, I want to dip into this uh, funding issue for the stadium that, that made its way down to Columbus this week. What's that all about? 
Um, basically, $62 million has been earmarked in the uh, state budget for fiscal years 2024 and 2025. Uh, the reason it's a big deal, even though it doesn't directly uh, affect the Cleveland Browns or uh, what is now being called Cleveland Brown Stadium again, uh, and uh, the modifications there, it is something that the Haslams have been pushing for. Remember, in May 2021, they, they issued all these beautiful artist renderings of what potential lakefront development in and around the stadium could look like. Mm -hmm. uh, included in their proposal was a land bridge connecting basically downtown Cleveland to the stadium, North Coast Harbor, where the Rock Hall and the Great Lakes Science Center are. Well, the state is kicking in $62 million, assuming, and this is the, the word, assuming that uh, the budget as presently construed with this particular funding earmarked is approved by the, the state house and the state Senate before it goes to Governor Mike DeWine's uh, desk for signature. But there's $62 million in the, and by the way, the state budget. So what I'm mean, like, Mike, hang on. How many pages thick do you think the state oh. of Ohio state budget is? Uh, 624. Maybe add another zero. It's five over 5,000 pages. What? So the budget itself is about 4,200 pages. And the omnibus amendment, which is where this funding is located, uh, to that is like another 2,500 pages. Is somebody really reading all this? Because, again, you're supposed to make an informed decision if you're voting for on behalf of us, I will say the this. people of the state of Ohio, if you put that much information in, who's really reading I it? have a tremendous respect for the political legis and legislative reporters in this state that comb through that right. page by page by page. I was lucky I had some sources that I was able to talk to in Columbus. That Can't you hit the little helped, looking glass well, to try to find helped, what you're looking let's for? Put the, it helped sped up the process for me as far as where I needed to look to find what I needed to find. That's why I was able to hurry up and screenshot. And look at you for, go. For wow. folks. Uh, but the reason why this is a big deal is, is because, A, this is something that the Haslam's have, have been uh, lobbying for. Um, and if they get this funding, they're not going anywhere. Because how do you lobby for something to happen oh. and then all of a sudden bail on – so they're not getting a new stadium. That's how not many other happen. things are tied to this? Like are there other – No, it, this, is a, this is an – it's a, hang, give, give me a second. Okay. got to pull the things up on my phone. This is – basically it's a line item in the budget. Okay. That, and so here's, here's what's funny about this, okay, is that within the budget they have like things explained, right – and then they have like a reference line, and then you have to go late to another page to get the reference line with the actual dollar involved. So in the state budget, it said on on uh, let's see, this is page forty nine thirty six uh, and page forty nine twenty. So on page forty nine twenty, if you could open up your hymnal to page forty nine twenty. So there, there's a bunch of things laid out with uh, with millions right. of dollars, right? I mean, there's like a brownfield remediation, 175 million. Demolition and site revitalization is another 150 million dollars. Downtown development grant for someone somewhere is 100. Oh, you don't even know what city that is, huh? right? So what? But so my point is, so there's a thing under. Uh, so for the land bridge project for Cleveland, it just says on it, local projects. 62 million dollars and then it gives you a reference number 
So you co- the, I go to the corresponding reference number on another wow, page. Wow, look at you go. And it says local projects, the foregoing appropriation item with the number that the item listed, right? right. With the dollar figure on it. Local projects shall be used to support the Cleveland Municipal Land Bridge Project. Oh. So that is how Fukakted the budget is. And it's, so if you're wondering why. Okay, hang on. I got to stop you right there. It's Vakakta. Yeah, but I you're like, trying to go Yiddish on me here, and you're killing me. Because Vakakta. because I'm merging the F word. Yes. With Vak- oh, okay, all right, I got it, I get it. Now I understand you. I get it you. It is a, a family bit. podcast, Andy. Yeah. I mean, technically, I'm sure I could get away with it. But, you yeah. Know, no, I mean, yeah. I have a feeling I couldn't get away Vakakta. with it. Vakakta. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It means a little bit crazy for anybody. I know. So I'm yeah. saying Fukakta because it's yes. bleeping. Fukakta. Well, I'm very impressed. There we go. I'm very impressed with <laughs> the gang goes Bacacta. That'll be the headline of this one. So <laughs> this particular segment. Yeah, but but okay. So you know, when I look at those plans for the land bridge, I'm not as turned off by them as I was. Like originally, I was like, "What is this silly hole thing?" But that also takes uh, State Route Two well, and makes it on. into. Hang on. Though. Okay. Right. So there's there's and this is where this whole project. It is two, right? That's not this ninety or two. Two. No, it, it's two because yeah, ninety yeah, yeah. goes around right. the inner belt. Yeah. Dead yeah. Man's Curve and co- right. goes around the southern side, merges with seventy one. Right. So, Route Two uh, is with ninety splits off, goes through downtown, then takes you out toward Lakewood. So that's the other tentacle to this. So you've got the land bridge component there, and that. Project's going to be a couple hundred million dollars, right? Right. State's willing to kick in 62 for that. Right. We think. Maybe. So, assuming the budget gets approved, right? So then there's the funding for Route 2 reconstruction. That's different and that's, separate that's, from – is that federal money or that is that state money? That's state because that's state Route 2. So oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's state Route 2. That's that makes more sense. more state okay. money. Yeah. So, but, that's a, but that's a separate project because remember when you got past the Cuyahoga River going into Lakewood, that all got converted – from highway, now it's a boulevard. They put a median in, threw right. some trees and whatever, right? Well, the feds actually kicked in some money because back in the Obama administration, there was something with converting city freeways in the green space or whatever. There was some money there. And if you need were... a reference point, this is where they shot the Avengers at, too, by the right. way. Right, uh, ex- exactly. So um, th- I so I don't know how they're going to fund that, but that's another part of the project, right? Reconfiguring Route 2. Then the Federal Department of Transportation gets involved, probably is going to get involved because you have railroad tracks down there. Oh, yeah. It, okay? Yeah. So now that's another uh, entity involved. You've got the city of Cleveland. The Cuyahoga County is involved. Right? We haven't even gotten, Andy, to the physical stadium itself. Right. This is just all the stuff between downtown and going up to the doorstep of Cleveland Brown Stadium. So there is a ton of tentacles to this project. And then you talk about the development on the northern side of the stadium and to the east of the stadium. And so th- this is a multi-billion I'm sorry, project. man. It just seems a lot easier to go build a new retractable dome stadium somewhere else in town. I, I, I agree. But what the, I think what the Haslams are thinking is that they're – that area has been underdeveloped for decades, and they are thinking that the best path forward to get that development is to use the stadium as the catalyst to get all so, of this money. Right? D- Daryl, when I look at the pictures of this thing, though, and I look at what 
the stadium could look like on the other side if the land bridge thing goes through. Is that is that the first key? That, that well, the the land bridge thing needs to happen, which it uh, again it's it seems to be edging in that direction. Um, the stadium development needs to happen, and then the stadium renovation comes in. Like there, there's like eight things that have to happen before we can even get to the conversation about the stadium thing. But all of the all of these things need to be done simultaneously, if that makes sense. Okay, so here's another thing, and you tell me if I'm wrong. When I look at the plans for the land bridge, and they show you what's on the other side after stadium development, but it's not really stadium development. It's more about area development. Correct. And there's a picture they show you of the stadium coming back the other way. It looks to me like they are going to expand the landfill and make more land on the other side of the stadium. That's no. the way the the artist renderings look that way. Well, here here's why they look that way because right now all that is is, is blacktop. So all that blacktop. So the re, the reason why you're like, oh man, this looks great. Right. All they're doing is getting rid of the blacktop and actually putting stuff in there. Yeah, I saw that, and it also looks like they want to build a building. And there's a marina that they want to build. Yeah, on the other side of the state, like you're pulling up to Cedar Point. Right. Which yeah. which would be really cool. Uh, there's parks down there. There's a lot of public space down there. No no question about. But th- there's just so many. Uh, pieces and parts that are in the air right now. So, like, everyone's trying to jump the gun and be first on this story. And unfortunately, the, you, you're not getting the full picture of what's actually going on. There, there, you, you've got the state, you've got the city, you got the county, you might even have the feds at some point involved because they're going to be trying to pool all this money together just for the around the stadium. We're not even talking about the cost to redo the stadium itself, which, by the way, starting price tag for that is about a billion dollars because they are going to do right in some areas not everywhere right in some areas it will be a down to the studs type of renovation in other areas it won't be but they're going to be expanding concourses they're going to be trying to make it more climate control friendly to protect fans uh from the elements a little more than it currently is um you know sight line improvements fan hospitality so basically all those fancy schmancy clubs and stuff that you, and right. levels that you're seeing in these new stadiums well it, it, the, the the thought process is that when cleveland brown stadium is renovated that it's going to have all those modern amenities in it because as it's currently built right now they can't do any of that i i need to ask you about construction because there was a story that came out this week that said the browns if they decide to stay where they're at would have to move away for three years. We'll answer that question on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Hey, Browns fans, Odyssey's doing something special this year for the NFL Draft. Brian Baldinger and Jason Lockenfer are hosting the 2023 Odyssey Draft Show. Join them on the first night of the draft as they talk with local experts from Odyssey podcasts across the country. I'll be joining them to give instant reaction and analysis to the Browns doing absolutely nothing because they're taking the first two rounds of the draft off. But... Leading up to the draft, don't forget to check out Baldy's podcast in the huddle for his expert prospect breakdowns. The draft show starts Thursday, April 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Listen on the free Odyssey app and watch on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you want to be a part of the show, hit us up on social media, on Twitter, or on Instagram at GameDayCLE. Daryl, I left you with that question. Like... If the Browns do have to renovate their current stadium, is there any truth to the fact that they would have to move away for three years, play home games away from the stadium for three full years? No. So I think the only reason that I thought I bid on it just a little bit, and I agree with you, I don't think there's any way they're going to do that. But 
uh, was what we watched the Chicago Bears do when they put the spaceship in the middle of their stadium that they're now leaving. Here's the difference. They, they, dem- the, they demolished the entire stadium with the exception of, of the, the exterior wall right. because they wanted to maintain the landmark protection. But then when the new stadium opened, the Landmarks Commission, the federal landmark, looked, looked at the thing and like, yeah, it's, so it no longer has national landmark status because they changed it so significantly. Oh, it's ridiculous. Right. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, and, and, now, and now here's the thing. That opened, I think, in 2002 or 2003. And the Bears are ready to leave that already. It is so hard it's, to get around that stadium. I know, but it's so just, hard. You know, the Falcons have replaced their stadium, which is in the same period as the current Browns right. stadium is. Like, the teams are building new stadiums. That, that That's just what is happening right now. And again, why I am Team Dome. Build something brand new. Uh, do the land bridge. Do all the lakefront development, but sell the stadium land. And you and use that uh, is the city that money is the city's contribution toward the new dome or whatever, and then have the Haslam's pick up a chunk of the financing. You know, get the state gambling money involved. Like I am, I don't like the idea of them staying in the stadium and, and investing a billion dollars in that building. I just don't. I don't like the idea. I'm not anti stadium. I'm not anti. They need to address their stadium situation. I just think that the best way to do this is to start from scratch with something that's brand new. But what they're going to do is the same thing that the Cavaliers did with with, uh, Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse, the same thing that the Cleveland Guardians are going to do with Progressive Field over the next three years. It's going to be a pardon our dust situation. They're going to do this renovation Mm -hmm. over a problem. I'm guessing. I haven't been told anything. Just making an educated guess here. The Guardians need three years to do their renovation. Right. And based on what the Guardians are doing to Progressive Field, which is similar the scope for First Energy Stadium is going to be a lot more than Progressive Field, but if it's taken the Guardians three years to do what they're doing, I got to imagine it's going to take the Browns three years to do that, to do sure, whatever they're sure. going to do to First Energy Stadium. But I have been told by multiple people, and we're not talking right. like the joke you made earlier, hey, right. can I sell you some Brown season tickets and I'm yeah. your press boxy. Right. I, I have talked to decision makers within the Cleveland Browns who have specifically told me, Daryl, it has not crossed our minds to play anywhere else but that stadium it's been done all the time uh here give me a second i'll 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 i believe you no no no. i want to read a text that i got sent uh uh from somebody um (coughs) here we go sorry um we are focused on renovation and believe we can stay in the building while that's being done many teams have remained and the in the building while undergoing major renovations, including the Cavs and Guardians, you see the study. You do the studies to see what is possible. Staying in the stadium is a priority for us. That was from a source earlier this week regarding this. So, um, I understand when you when you talk about the dollars that are involved, the scope, the potential scope of the project. You're like, there's no freaking way they can stay in this thing, right? You you do major home renovations. A lot of times, you got to right. move out, right? Sometimes. Um, I know on all the uh, HGTV shows, you got to move out of that or, right. or this old house. You got to move out of the house until we're done working on your house. Right. Um, but that's not going to be the case here. The Browns are going to. So is there, play. was there any truth to the story about playing games away from Brown Stadium? No. None. No. And by the way, if they did, I don't think anybody would be mad if they moved out for a season. But I do think you'd be, I, I, I don't know how I would feel about them playing games in Columbus, which I understand why you would, because you could get a hundred thousand at Ohio stadium. Although, if I'm the Haslam's, why would I rent Ohio Stadium when I own Crew Stadium, right? Or I'm the major tenant there. 
That 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 to me is well. Th- there's an eighty thousand seat difference. That's I understand why. that, and I don't think that that stadium's built really to put in temporary seating. But I could tell you, Akron could easily put in temporary seating. Kent could easily put in temporary seating, the Pro and Hall so of Fame. could Pro, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, they're not... all three of those venues could probably get themselves up to sixty thousand. Yeah, well, and I'm talking about a ton at, at Kent, especially. Yeah, but like, but that's there. But that would be the most biggest absolute nightmare to try to get to Kent. Yeah, Akron's um, a little bit easier because it's off the freeway. I'll just say, like politically, there's a lot of moving parts behind the scenes. Uh, because, again, you have multiple levels of government that are involved. You've got the city of Cleveland. You've got the, the county. You, you, you've you got, um, you know, conversations. Because I have said this. I maintain this. I think that Cleveland absolutely needs to get out of this out, out of the stadium game. Um, and the reason is is because the maintenance and upkeep of these facilities is just it's, – it's, it's beyond the pale of what Cleveland can afford. Um, and uh, so – and let's be honest about it. Every I, the reason I think this needs to be a county initiative, Andy, is because let's be honest with it. Browns fans aren't living in the city of Cleveland. The the, va- the vast majority of them, they're living in Parma, they're living in Strongsville, they're li- living out in Avon, and they're living in uh, Bay Village, and they're, they're living, living on the east within side of like an hour they're and a half. Living, yeah, I mean, they are living it. everywhere but the city of Cleveland, and. Um, while the city is starting to really kind of come together as far as you know downtown living and things like that, there's only one freaking grocery store downtown. You need more gro- like it's just it's it's an evolution of downtown Cleveland. Maybe one of the things they could do is have a grocery store down by the, by the stadium, with yeah. some living uh, you know some apartments and condos and, and things like that. But um, there's just a lot of stuff that's going on right now, and I, I get the urgency to be first and want to be out in front of stuff. But sometimes when you do that, you're losing the perspective of like the full picture. I'll give you an example. So Tuesday was it Tuesday when I found out about this this you know funding stuff? Like I found out about it at eleven o'clock in the morning, and then I in between covering Cavs practice and doing a couple of other things, like I'm you know trying to get the the details. Because first, I didn't want to get the dollar figure wrong, because then I would look really, you know, if I say it's sixty million, it was only fifty million, I look stupid. Absolutely. So, um, although you that, do a good job of looking stupid sometimes, I, I, I yeah, it doesn't uh, take a whole lot of effort on my part. I have a mirror; I see it daily. So, um, I just, I want to, You got to make sure that you know this. This isn't this whole project too. Isn't just about the stadium. It's about an entire section of the city of Cleveland downtown. That really doesn't exist. That doesn't exist that is going to be, you know, created from basically pavement, right? Right. Um, And and that's why, again, I I just remind folks to kind of be patient with this. That's why the Browns aren't, like, they're treading, they're trying to, the Browns honestly are trying to be good civic partners. Would the Browns be mad if they moved? Would they be mad? Is there a part of them that wants to move? Is there a part of the Browns organization that wants to move stadiums within Northeast Ohio? I think that it, this is my opinion. Okay. I'll, I'll, very clear on this. This is my opinion. I think that if the Haslam's, like it was a blank check in public funds. Right. Right. I think the Haslam's would absolutely want a, a, a new dome stadium. But the, the reality is it's a public-private partnership, which means it's not a blank check in funds. There's only so much that can be do, done. Right. So here's the question. And 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 so and again, someone that I spoke to that's in the know, that's part of these conversations, mentioned this to me, and I thought it was a very good point. Right? Okay, let's say the Browns relocate 
where they play to a brand new state-of-the-art dome stadium, and it costs three and a half billion dollars all in. Okay. 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 <clears throat> but the lakefront, nothing happens to that. They just bulldoze the stadium. It gets turned into grassland or a park or whatever, right? Right. Does the region really benefit for that? Or plan B, we take existing stadium, we work with everybody around, all the stakeholders around it, we get development that's been talked about for half a century, right? We get the apartments, the condos, the office space, what parking, uh, uh, transportation access, right? All, the, all those elements, right? Get that done. We modernize and, for all intents and purposes, rebuild our existing building right. for a third of the cost is, is, on the stadium portion of it, okay? Okay. Because remember, that $3.5 billion <laughs> that I mentioned, Andy, is specifically for the stadium and nothing else. Right. Okay? And we spend maybe $2.5 billion on the lakefront. And we have all this new development. We have all these new elements that are involved, plus a state-of-the-art football stadium to go with it. Now, you tell me which is the better economic plan. I'm not talking better for the Cleveland Browns, but for the region. What is the better well, the, the latter would make sense, especially if you – but my question then, let's go back to the beginning of this conversation to wrap up the show too. If the 61 or 62,000 doesn't pass – You mean 62 million. 62 million, sorry. There's a big difference between 62 grand and Let 62 me tell million. You, oh, that's why I can't balance my checkbook. Um <laughs> If that doesn't pass, is that the beginning of the end then for that? Renovation? Well, and that's where, pardon the pun, that's where we cross the bridge when we get there. Okay. Because, you know, it's 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 one of the line items in the omnibus amendment that's uh, you know getting attached to the budget. Uh, I, I know there's I don't know much about the pol- state of politics in the state of Ohio other than it is a complete and utter bleep show at times, uh, and one party basically controls it no matter who's voting for whatever. And so we're kind of at the mercy of that particular political system. So, but right now the goal is, is to have that money and and the people that I spoke with on Tuesday about this, because one of the questions I point blank asked my sources was, all right, what are the odds this is actually getting passed? And my sources told me that they, they are very confident that this will be included in the budget. And here's the thing too, with legislation. And again, these are things that I learned because I don't cover city halls. I don't cover state houses. I don't cover Capitol Hill. Uh, you know, I get to play in the, the toy box of life and, 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 and cover sports for a living, which is a blessing. Um, so I have to have things explained to me like I'm a three-year-old. And I've told I, – I, <laughs> I appreciate the indulgence from the folks that I've been uh, talking to. Um, basically, uh, you know, when money – when it comes to money, once the governor signs it, it's available legislation on the other hand where it's a law and rule you know rules related law well then that's there's a there's a 90 day period there but when you're talking dollars and cents so if this thing gets to the governor's desk andy right okay within whenever they get their bleep together in columbus to get 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 a budget approved um and get that to the governor's desk assuming this 62 million line item is in there that that money is going to be available and this project will move forward like that, see, and and then again, that's what people have to understand is I can't tell you that everything's going to be done by X time because there's so many. It just sounds like what you're saying is it sounds like this is the, the key. This, this is the first domino to fall. And I, and I wrote this, this will be the domino to create the chain reaction for everything else that has to happen 
to make what the Haslam's have envisioned for that lakefront to come to fruition. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin for our producer, Meredith Kane. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. We love having you on board, and we look forward to talking to you twice again next week. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.